0: On today's bonus episode of Locked on Wild, we get to another Wild fan spotlight as Mike W. will join us to discuss how he became a Minnesota Wild fan as well as what Mike would do to fix the current state of the Minnesota Wild. All that coming up on today's episode. We are your team every day. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, this is Brandon Duham and this is Locked On Wild. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of our great conversations in the comments section, and make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platforms as well. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we hit you with another fan spotlight as Mike tells his story of becoming a Wild fan, and we put him in the GM's chair to fix the current Minnesota Wild roster. My name is Seth Topal your daily Minnesota Wild Insider, credentialed member of the Minnesota Wild Media Group. And uh, we continue with our fan spotlights here today, trying to fix the current state of the uh, Minnesota Wild organization. And uh, happy to have Mike here as uh, yet another Minnesota Wild fan. Uh, Mike, thank you for joining us here today. How are things going?
1: Things are going great, uh, Seth. Thank you for having me. Uh been listening for the last couple of years, so it's pretty cool to be here.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I, this was, again, just a really, really good idea that, uh, that Denny had, and so I'm glad we have had as big of a response to it as we have. So let's, just to get started, let's just talk about your wild fan experience. How long have you been a fan of the Minnesota Wild?
1: I, I've been a fan since 2000 when they came to Minnesota. Okay. Um, I always watched them with my grandfather growing up and my father. And uh, I went to my very first game. It was January of 2004. We played the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I'll never forget that day. So ever since then, it has been a hit or miss relationship with this team. But I love them to death. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're you're in the exact same spot. A lot of us are we we are very passionate hockey fans. We love the team. And so that's what makes uh, these types of seasons frustrating because you just kind of feel like you're you're gliding through the middle. And so um, I'll ask you the same question that I asked Cassie in her uh, fan spotlight is what have been some of the things that kind of get you through a season like this in which there are way more downs than there are ups? Uh I would say
1: some of the biggest things is <clears throat> watching guys like Kirill Kaprizov and and Matt Boldy they make the game so much fun to watch whether we're winning or losing the the way those guys play the compete level they have it makes it very entertaining to watch um that just grown up in the state of Minnesota you're just a big hockey fan you know so regardless if they're winning or losing I just uh I love the way the team plays, even if it's not always that great. Um, so that's what uh, kind of gets me through each and every game that I watch.
0: For sure. Uh, what is your current frame of mind as to what we've seen uh, this this season? What's your evaluation of what we've seen from the Wild so far this year?
1: <laughs> it's been rough. Uh, <laughs> you know, with uh, with mostly the same core still being here that we had over the last couple of seasons when. The Wild had pretty good regular seasons. I expected a little bit more. Kind of about the same thing, you know. I kind of expected third place in the Central and another probably first round playoff exit. However, a um, little bit of a more of a down year than I really expected. And at this point, I don't. I don't know if we should be uh, doing any kind of buying come deadline time. But a uh, little more down than I, I really had thought.
0: Yeah, I that's that is absolutely kind of where I'm at, too, Um, in covering this team is just figured it would probably still be enough to uh, to get into the postseason, because honestly, at the beginning of the year, I didn't think really anything of the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. And look where they're at so far this season. So you're right on with no buying at the deadline. Like it's it's like you are going shopping with your, your spouse, your significant other. And you say like, before you turn them loose, you say nothing on the credit card. (laughs) Like here's, (laughs) here's the amount that you have nothing on the credit card. So no buying from uh, general manager, Bill Guerin, but um, enough about Bill Guerin, uh, Mike, we're going to have you be in the general manager's seat to uh to make some moves and to try to get this team back to where they should be. So just to start, like let's just let's talk about the uh the trade deadline to start. You've taken over, said no buying at the deadline, but uh what are you going full sell? Are what what would your approach be to the trade deadline for the wild?
1: Um I think Full sells difficult, obviously, with the team. A lot of guys, as we have discussed before, have no movement clauses. So it's tough to get those guys to move um, and get them to waive those. However, there are a few pieces that more or less sit out most games. I think we all know who we're talking about. And I think you push hard to kind of let those guys get those guys out. And honestly... I don't think you try to bring anyone in. I think you give these young guys like Hunt, bring him back up from Iowa. I loved what I saw from Hunt. Uh, I love what I see from Dakota Mermis. I mean, those guys honestly are great third-pairing defensemen, and I feel very confident when those guys are on the ice versus a couple other guys that are sitting in the press box most nights.
0: Yeah, and guys that gray my hair or cause it to uh to Same fall here. entirely. Yeah, it, it's I and it's funny because half the time I am like, boy, I'm being way too critical." But then I listen to other shows and I'm like, "No, I'm being We're not the only ones. Yeah, we're being just fine. We're probably even being a little bit on the fair side." Exactly. Uh, so We'll continue to get some of Mike's thoughts as to uh, direction that this team should go in the offseason. We'll play uh, a little bit of a fun take on the um, Mary bleep kill game. Um, so we've got all that coming up as we continue today's wild fan spotlight episode of Locked on Wild after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is brought to you by Sleeper, and we have hit... And past the halfway point of the hockey season, ladies and gentlemen, and with the Wilds not in postseason contention at this point, I want to remind you that you can still win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports and especially daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. You All you have to do is pick whether players like Connor McDavid, Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and Nathan McKinnon will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL, and you'll also get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability welcome back to today's episode of locked on wild once again we thank you for making Lockdown wild your first listen each and every day if you have not already make sure to hit the like button for today's episode make sure to subscribe to locked on wild on youtube and we thank you for uh, listening on your favorite podcast platforms as well we have mike in the gm's chair and so let's play this out we see the likes of John Merrill, uh, as much as I hate to to see it, Brandon Duhame, Pat Maroon, all those guys that should be moved at the deadline. Let's say we see all that play out. We're in the offseason now, and Mike, we've got some tough decisions to make on this roster because I don't think anybody wants to see this same group be brought back to try to run it back next year, right?
1: Yeah, uh, as much as it probably will be the same group, it uh, definitely, uh, we'd like to see some change uh, within the team going forward into next season. And even though that, you know, that looming $14.7 million cap, it'll still be there. uh, You know, we expect a little bit more out of this team. And uh, I think there should be some moves to be made to make this team more of a competitor. Because, Let's be honest. They truthfully are better than they're playing right now. This is a very off year. These, you know, this, this team's a lot better than they are right now. Um, But there definitely should be some moves made to improve the team to hopefully get back into a, a bigger picture for next
0: season. Yeah. And the nice thing is, is that some of the players also will be coming off the books. So let's just start on defense. Obviously, Alex Golagoski will be gone. We're just going to go ahead and trade John Merrill because, I mean, let's let's just get that done, get that taken care of. Uh, if you had the opportunity, though, you know, I, I talk about the number of spots on this decor that will be freed up next year. Zach Bogosian has been he's been pretty good with the wild so far this year. Would you keep him for maybe one more season or do you just completely move on and free up that spot?
1: Uh I like Zach Bogosian a lot. He's uh he's a Stanley Cup winner. You know, he's he, he's a great defenseman. Even even uh being uh, what is he 33, I think? Mm-hmm. 33 34. Yep. Uh he, he's a veteran guy and you you heard of the stories of him, you know, mentoring uh Damon Hunt. While Damon Hunt was up here, and I think it's great to have a guy like that. If we open up, you know, some of these deep parent or these uh, positions on defense, well, uh, and bring up some of these younger guys, I think it'd be great. Bring him back for one more year; he's cheap enough for sure, and let him mentor these guys and, and let him work with these guys, these young kids who are very impressionable, and help them with their development in the NHL. I think it's a great thing.
0: Yeah, I I agree because here's so you've got Brodeen in Middleton and you've got Brock Faber with Jared Spurgeon on long-term injured reserve. If you get rid of Goligoski and Merrill, you've got three defensemen. Then you add Damon Hunt in. That's a fourth. You've got a decision to make on Declan Chisholm. Uh, Dakota Mermis is a free agent, so he could be back or not. So I don't think it hurts to have one more veteran body with this group, and I would much rather have a guy like Bogosian than a guy like John Merrill or Alex Golgani. So that would kind of be my choice to make too, with the full expectation that Damon Hunt is going to be here to play, not to just sit. Um, throughout the course of next season, like, don't have him be the seventh guy, please. Please, no.
1: Let 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 Damon Hunt play. He every rookie, every young kid, they're going to make mistakes. Let them play through it. Let them learn. And I, I really thought Damon Hunt did a terrific job while he was here. And as a third pairing between him and Marmis, I, I really, I, I very much enjoyed watching them play. I thought they were very good. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's perfect role. Third pairing defenseman is perfect role for those guys.
0: Yeah. And they're not going to just kind of be there like the current third pairing. So
1: do we even have a third pairing. I don't really know.
0: Honestly, some nights <laughs> it feels like we don't exactly. I feel like we're playing with four <laughs> defensemen sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, that that's going to need to be addressed um, to say the least in the off season. Uh, okay. Game time, because I had mentioned that we were going to play a uh, version of bleep, Mary kill, keep cut trade. And uh I'll just, throw some names at you and you put them into particular categories Um, and we'll uh, we'll take a look at the ramifications for uh, whichever category you put them in let's start with Marcus Johansson I
1: think if we could if he would move it or wave his new no move clause I would say let's trade Marcus Johansson I'd like to see some kind of pick comeback for Johansson. And I'm all about opening up the roster for the young kids.
0: Yes, I, I agree. Um, I'm looking just for the sake of, of looking, um, if you, well, no, I don't think a buyout is, I don't think a buyout with him necessarily makes sense. I was going to say, a, just,
1: not at $2 million a year. I mean, it's a cheap yeah. enough. I think he could be moved. And someone would want a guy with speed like Johansson pretty easily. And at two million dollars a year, oh, uh, that's I think that's pretty movable. I think a lot of yes. teams will take
0: that. Yeah. it uh, looks like the cap hit would be six hundred sixty six thousand six hundred sixty seven dollars next year and then the same the previous or the following year. But I th- I'm with you. I think you can get I think you could send Johansson to somebody. As just a veteran guy to uh, to free up his spot on the roster, so trade Johansson. What about Freddie Goudreau?
1: Ooh, this is a tough one. I
0: really like Freddie.
1: Um, I I'm gonna. I I think. Man, I don't know who that third person is. This is tough. It's a tough decision. <laughs> um, I I think. I think I would keep Freddie. I I like the way Freddie plays defense. He's got a great stick. He he does see the ice very well. Um he's got really good silky hands. And I really wish you'd shoot the puck more. Uh I you know, to have him last year, what was it 20 almost 20 goals, 40, almost 40 points on the season for a third line guy? I mean, that's great. I mean, you can't ask much more of a third line guy. Um, he's an absolute shootout demon. Uh, I mean how many times did he bail the wild out last season in the shootout? A lot. A lot. And so a lot. I I like Freddie. I'm not crazy on the term, but
0: I do think I would keep Freddie right now. Okay. Um, the final player is Carol Capriz. No, I'm kidding.
1: Uh, oh. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't gonna do that to me.
0: Now the final player is John Merrill. So
1: John Merrill caught him.
0: Um yeah. see ya. Bye. John. It, it, it's an easy, easy choice. Um, yeah,
1: I'm glad I didn't cut Freddie. Now <laughs> <laughs> that would look really bad, wouldn't it?
0: Let's let's just talk about a couple of the other contracts because mm-hmm. obviously you've got Matt Zuccarello, Marcus Fellino, and Ryan Hartman as kind of the big three that have been met with uh, varying levels of fan reaction. And so let's just talk Matt Zuccarello to start. What uh, what do you think about Zuccarello? Are you okay with him where he's at right now going forward? Uh, What are your thoughts on Zuccarello and his uh, his two year deal that kicks in after the season?
1: I like Zuccarello a lot. Uh, He is. I mean, we've seen the chemistry between him and Krill, and I mean, any line he goes on, he can go play second line with uh, you know Matt Boldy, and he looks great. I mean, the way he sees the ice and plays the game is it's exceptional. He he's extremely good, and I think for having him for only two more years, especially it gets us out of this, you know, this uh buyout situation with the cap. Um, but you still get production out of him, uh, especially when he plays with Carrillo. And even though it's a down year, you know, they still look great. So at only two years after this year, I'm completely okay with that. I love Zuccarello. I think uh it was a good good signing in keeping uh Zuccarello and him taking a little bit of a discount knowing he's getting out there.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I think that's the one that I have the least issue with of this grouping. So I'm, I'm, I have moved past, I've moved past Zuccarello as a problem. Um, there just are so many others that line up uh, above where he is at and his contract and everything. So we'll talk about Ryan Hartman. We'll talk about Marcus Foligno uh, as we continue Today's Fan Spotlight Edition of Locked on Wilds after this. Today's episode of Locked on Wild is also brought to you by FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to everyone who celebrates from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about the key things, such as finding the best seat in the house wherever you're watching. I am going to a Super Bowl party this year, so going to be trying to get a primo spot. Uh, in the living room to uh, watch the game. Also trying to fill my plate with as many Super Bowl snacks as possible and placing a couple of bets along the way. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end your season with a win or two or three or ten. You could bet as many times as you want to try to uh, make your Super Bowl Sunday a happy one. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. I love to try to pick who will score first in a particular quarter. The over, the under, how long the national anthem is going to be. All of those are options at FanDuel. Plus, new customers, if you join today, you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Join FanDuel.com/lockedon to sign up. That's FanDuel.com/lockedon. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Final segment of today's Fan Spotlight edition of Locked On Wilds. Once again, we thank you for making Locked On Wilds your first listen each and every day. Mike is joining us, and we talked about some potential moves here uh, in the off season. Let's finish with a couple of others. Mike, what do you think about Ryan Hartman and his extension that kicks in after the season? Do you like Hartman as a mix for this uh, for this group? Or do you think maybe he would be a player to potentially look to move in the offseason?
1: I am actually a huge fan of Ryan Hartman. I okay. love Ryan Hartman. I love the way he plays the game. I love his attitude too, you know. Uh, so at three years... I don't like it that much. I would have liked it better if it was more of a Zuccarello two-year kind of deal. But um, I don't have an issue with Hartman, other than the uh, bad penalties that he takes. Um, I have a, I do have an issue with that. It's one of my least favorite things about him. Um, and I kind of wish he would uh, work on that just a little bit. But Ryan Hartman at three years um, doesn't bother me too much. Okay. So I do, I do like that one.
0: Yeah, the the penalties every now and again we get reminded where you're like okay dude like relax. Like, I get done. it. I get it. I get it. You want to be an agitator but within reason. Just just a little bit. Um what about Marcus Fellino? This this is this is the interesting one because it's 4 years, it's 4 million per and I, I mean, I know Felino does impact the game in particular ways that can kind of go unnoticed, but it just seems like, from my perspective, there are way too many quiet games from Felino. So what do you think about Felino's future with Minnesota?
1: Um, I'm a big fan of Moose, the big Moose. I, I love him. He's a, he's a great leader, um, and he stands up to anybody in the league. He, he doesn't care who it is. You come after our guys, he's going after yours, you know, at four years though, that's a bit longer than I'm comfortable with. Uh, the money doesn't bother me too much. It, it is more the term. Um, yeah. He's another great veteran guy in the locker room. He's uh, great for guys like, you know, even the Fabers and Marco Rossi's any young kids that come to the organization. He's a great guy to have Um, leadership wise. So, Four years, though, I don't like that term. Not a fan of that
0: one. Yeah, that's a little too long. It's a little bit too long, yeah. Just, just a tad. So um, any other thoughts, Mike, to uh, kind of wrap up things for today? Anything else that you as GM would like to do to try to get this uh, this team back on track? Nothing. Nothing's off limits. So if there is even a particular player that we haven't discussed here, that you would uh, like to do something with uh, fire away. I would say uh, one thing I would probably do
1: is I would uh, have the conversation with uh, the Mark Andre flurry about waving his no trade clause. I would want to send him to a contender. I think he deserves that he let's face it. To be honest, he's been the better goaltender down the stretch over Philip Gustafson, which is really kind of disappointing. We really were hoping that Gustafson would really take and run that uh, that one A role, um, or that first uh, or that primary goaltender role, and mm-hmm. he just he's looked off all year. Um, I would love to see Flurry go to a contender and try to go win another Stanley Cup. And there's there's teams out there that could use a guy like him. Um, and I don't know who we would try to bring in to kind of just fill in that secondary goaltender role. But uh, I, I think getting Flurry to a contender would be best just in his interest. I mean, he's made the playoffs. What is it? 17 years in a row. Yeah. Let's not break it with the Minnesota wild here.
0: Yeah. As much, as, as much, as much fun as it was to see him get to second all time and wins, I would hate, I'm right with you, I would hate for the end of the season to be snaps a string of 17 consecutive seasons making the postseason. Like, and and there are teams out there that could, I mean, Colorado Avalanche could probably use a backup goaltender. Edmonton Oilers could use a backup goaltender. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles Kings, assuming the Los Angeles Kings are even in the playoff conversation still in March, which... If you would have asked me two weeks ago if that would have been a phrase that I would have ever said, I would have said no, but they might fall out. Exactly. So there, there are teams, you're absolutely right, there are teams that could use a guy who has been the more consistent goalie of the two between uh, Fleury and Gustafson uh, so far this season. So let's, let's make it happen. As much as we yeah. to see him stay just to finish out the year, Let's give him an opportunity to go chase a cup.
1: Yeah, and I'm not saying we need to bring up, you know, Jesper Wallstead. I really think, especially after that Dallas game, let him get some reps. I mean, he's had a hard go since he went back down to Iowa. He let up eight the other night. Uh, he did have a good night last night. And I think we just, I think we need to let him stay down to Iowa, get his starts, and just grow his confidence. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's no way that Dallas game didn't hurt it. And uh, let Zane McIntyre be the backup. I just don't see any reason to make this desperate push to go into the playoffs this year and just just to see us get bounced in the first round again. I just I I don't understand the logic behind it and the thinking. Obviously, you want to see the team succeed, but I think where we're at now in the situations we're dealing with is just not feasible. I don't think we can do it.
0: Yeah. Preach. Preach. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Um, Now, you're you're 100 percent right. Like. We want to we want to see this team succeed. We want to see this team get to where we want to see him get to hoisting the Stanley Cup. Like every single person that follows this team wants to see that. But I think it's also important to acknowledge when that is not feasible. And this current roster, part of it is that you have a large chunk of your salary cap that you can't spend that's part of it but also this current roster just is not one that's like it's not one that is really capable to stand up to the top teams in the Western Conference we've seen it over and over this year that they just it's just it just ain't working this year
1: no no it's not and uh, as far I, I I think one other move I would explore and I, I might I might get some flack for this one I would explore the option of trading Jared Spurgeon as much as I love him as our captain um and I know he's going through some surgeries right now and who knows these surgeries could be something that kind of fixes his issues he's been having in the la- over the last few years staying healthy. Mm-hmm. I think explore the trade market there is a team out there for sure that would want a guy who sees the ice the way Jared Spurgeon does. He's not the biggest guy. He skates well. You know he can play the angles on the, on um, players very well. Um, and I think you could get a good return from Spurgeon. Um, you know he's he's an older defenseman. He still plays so well. He holds a lot of value. And I think exploring the market on trading Jared Spurgeon would actually probably benefit the
0: team um
1: in a lot of good ways honestly
0: yes I I could not agree more because if you're going to be sinking eight million dollars into Brock Faber for the next eight years you've got six million a year in Jonas Brodeen and of the two Spurgeon and Brodeen I think Jonas Brodeen is the one that is more important to what this team currently does I'm just absolutely gonna, I'm just gonna say it I think he's the more irreplaceable defenseman of the two.
1: Uh, I absolutely believe that too. Uh, the way Brodeen skates, I mean, you you have to be an all-time skater to skate and defend guys like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews on a nightly basis, and brodeen has got that. He, he's, he's fantastic, and I think you're right. I think he brings more to the team defensively than Jared Spurgeon. And I'm not a Jared Spurgeon hater. I love the guy. I love him as our captain. But let's face it, I think the age he's at now, I think exploring uh, possible trade potentials for him would be a, a smart move.
0: Yeah, boy. Let's, uh, can we get you in the jams chair starting effective tomorrow? Um, <laughs> I
1: would happily take that over my current job. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mike, we appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for being a loyal listener to Locked on Wild and, uh, Hopefully we get a chance to just see some fun. I'm not talking wins per se, because I think we want to see this team be able to get a little higher draft position in a year in which they really just don't have it. Like just, just take the top 10 pick. That's all we're asking. Absolutely.
1: What I would love to see right now is losses suck either way, but if we can make it fun losses, Let's let's run up the scoring. Let Brock Faber go out there and let's get him. Uh, let's get him some more pucks in the net. I mean, I would love to end the season if Brock Faber can win the Calder over Connor Bedard this season. That's a success in my books. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I hey, chaotic win. Chaotic losses would be just fine for me. Like, let's see some ten to nines, thirteen to twelves. Um. You name it, just as long, as long as the outcome has an L in it, that's that's what we're looking for. So, But we'll see. We'll see how things play out here the rest of the way. But appreciate the time, Mike. Thank you for uh, hopping on here as one of our uh, fan spotlights. Listeners, if you'd like to be... A fan that hops in to be part of a future episode, email lockdownwild at gmail.com, or you can also drop me a message on Twitter as well at Seth Topes right here uh, on the screen. If you'd like to be uh, part of a fan spotlight coming up, uh, both options work well. So uh, make sure to take the time to do that. Uh, we'll get you uh, scheduled in here uh, as soon as we can. Also, make sure to like this video. Make sure to subscribe to you uh, Locked on Wild on YouTube so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And make sure to continue to follow along as we guide you through the rest of the season with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.